Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Commerce Trust, our show about the markets, investment themes, and economic insights that matter to you. I'm your host, David Hagee, Chief Investment Officer with Commerce Trust. Today, we're going to the real estate sector and its impact on the financial markets. I'm joined by Eric Simpson, our Senior Fixed Income Credit Analyst here at Commerce Trust. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Thanks, David. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so real estate is a large, broad subject, uh, but today we're going to refine it a little. Certainly, most of our listeners are familiar with residential real estate, but as we're talking about real estate as an investment outside of the residential space, what does this sector look like? How is it broken out? Yeah, broadly speaking, when we're talking about the U.S. commercial real estate market, we're talking about multifamily housing, which is typically apartments, but can also be um, smaller multifamily units. And then depending on the analysis, you can throw student loan um, housing in there as well. You're talking about retail centers. So these would be your big you know, national malls, um, anchor malls throughout various cities in the United States. But this could also be strip centers anchored by something like a grocery store or a TJ Maxx. We're talking about industrial warehouses that are for capacity in our manufacturing side of our economy, and then traditional office space. So this would be class A, B, and C offices across the country that service our services sector. There's also some niche uh, segments of the market, uh, which include data centers, infrastructure needs, self-storage, things of that nature. And then you can also break this uh, market down along geographic lines too. So coastal cities exhibit different trends than um, cities in the Sun Belt or the Midwest um, to some degree. So looks like we have a lot of area to cover here. You know, maybe we'll just focus on a couple of different areas inside the real estate uh, space. You know, certainly office space is interesting post-pandemic. Also, I think this last mile logistics, that warehousing space is very interesting. And you mentioned data centers earlier. As we look at those, what are the characteristics surrounding those uh, areas of the real estate market? Yeah, it's really interesting. Office space is obviously prevalent in every major city. It can differ a little bit based on, you know, the larger cities like in New York versus, you know, we're located here in St. Louis. Um, so the values will tend to adjust based on uh, the demographic trends and just population of any given city. Data centers, you mentioned, are obviously a long-term kind of secular story within the real estate market. Um, as our data needs and cloud storage uh, needs continue to increase, um, as a lot of companies try to digitize a lot of what they're doing, either through AI or otherwise, you're seeing a lot of data centers crop up across the country. And then also you mentioned a lot of the reshoring um, efforts that are going on, especially in the wake of a post-COVID world where we're trying to reshore some supply lines. And then there's some geopolitical consternation there. Uh, you see in parts of the country like Arizona where they're starting to reshore some manufacturing facilities to meet domestic needs. So it's really interesting. Office space you know, has been kind of a constant drumbeat of the real estate market over the past 40 years or so. Office space has always been there. But then some of these warehousing needs have kind of ebbed and flowed as we've, you know, went through a period of globalization and offshoring. And now that seems to be reversing itself. So you're seeing a lot of issuance and kind of narrative around that part of the market, which is atypical for investors recently. So as we think about the different sectors that we've discussed inside the real estate area, it'd be nice to, to walk through some of the larger investment themes that are having an impact on the real estate market. Certainly, we've had inflation be a dominant theme inside uh, financial markets for the past year. And so we're faced with higher interest rates today. We've also seen a pandemic that has kind of reshaped how America works. And additionally, uh, we've seen more recently with the failure of Signature Bank as well as Silicon Valley Bank, some stress being put on regional banks. How are all those different themes impacting the real estate sector? 
So it's been um, a pretty challenged sector for a few years now, but in the backdrop of the past 40 years where interest rates have been perpetually declining, overall the sector has had a pretty nice run. As interest rates decline, property values have obviously increased over that time. And um, given that real estate is a very highly levered portion of the economy, it's financed with a ton of debt. Um, as interest rates decline, um, that makes borrowers able to take on uh, more debt at lower costs and finance some of these projects. But a lot of the consternation, you know, you can even think back to the earlier part of last decade with a lot of the decline in oil prices and that hit portions of the economy that were tied to the energy side of things. Uh, down in Texas, you had a lot of consternation with the office space down there. Um, with the rise of online shopping, a lot of retail centers have been challenged over the past five to 10 years as um, consumers now pivot towards online shopping as opposed to going to their local mall. And then recently, obviously, office space is in the news again as people want to work from home in the wake of the pandemic. You've seen occupancy levels drop you know, pretty precipitously across the country, but more so in your heavily urban areas um, that were disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. So that's really stressing a lot of these office borrowers um, as they're facing lower occupancy levels at a time when their borrowing costs are increasing. So they're really kind of getting squeezed from both sides there. Now you overlay the recent banking issues on there. And I think it's important for people to understand that regional banks account for about 70% of overall bank lending on the commercial side of things. So as they start to get a little bit nervous about their financial position, they'll start to pull back from that market. Um, and that'll start to manifest um, by shaking out some of the weak hands within the commercial real estate, which will further exacerbate some of these trends. So as we talk about the stresses that are placed on the real estate sector from all these larger investment themes that, that we've been confronting over the past uh, couple of years, how do we think that shakes out? Does that uh, have an impact on fixed income portfolios? Does that have an impact on equity portfolios? What does that look like? As we look forward over the next 12 to 18 months, it's hard to find a way that there won't be a little bit more stress, both on the equity side and on the fixed income side. Now, this won't be a broad-based you know, downturn, obviously. There are going to always be pockets of strength. But I think for your traditional just you know, commercial real estate borrower or lender, whoever's on the other side of that deal, it's not you know unlikely that we're going to see um, some losses accrue to, to someone, whether those be equity holders on a publicly held real estate investment trust or debt holders, you know, if that you know, uh, takes the form of a regional bank. So, you know, it's going to be on um, everyone's radar to do uh, a little bit more due diligence when it comes to their underwriting to make sure that they're getting into well-structured deals that are well-capitalized and have the ability to withstand some of the consternation over the next 12 to 18 months. So as we're faced with these headwinds, you've seen certainly uh, PIMCO with their Columbia acquisition have a uh, larger default out there, and a lot of the commercial real estate debt is getting refinanced over the next couple of years. Is this going to be an opportunity for us to do some investing inside the commercial real estate space, or is this just an opportunity for us to avoid the space? I think 2023 will continue to be a year where defense reigns supreme. I definitely don't think this is a uh, time to kind of lean out over the plate and try to hit a home run when it comes to commercial real estate, because uh, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty out there over the path of interest rates and how aggressive the Fed's going to end up having to be. So there will no no doubt be opportunities, even probably within the office side of things, um, as these valuations come down a little bit and return to levels that are more reasonable going forward. Um, there's definitely going to be opportunities out there. But I think the rest of this year, especially with everything that's unfolding with all the uncertainty with regional banks, Banks. This is still a year for people to kind of remain on defense and be incredibly selective um, with how they want to gain exposure to this, this sector. 
How are you guys playing on that inside of a bond portfolio with these pressures in the defensive theme that you have for the commercial real estate space? When it comes to um, bond portfolios, we like REITs that are very high quality um, in terms of their credit ratings that have a lot of financial flexibility with how they're going to handle a lot of their maturities going forward. And then on the CMBS side, so commercial mortgage-backed securities, this is an area where we're honestly trying to uh, hammer home some themes that we've played on over the past few years, and that's really largely avoiding uh, very vulnerable office properties in a lot of large metropolitan areas that don't have very favorable demographics and um, weak borrowing profiles. So again, this is just kind of a, another way to be selective within the fixed income space. That's an interesting discussion today, Eric. Thank you very much for joining us. For more information around this topic, you can download our piece at www.commercetrustcompany.com. Thanks for joining us on Conversations with Commerce Trust. I'm David Hagee. We'll talk again soon. Important material disclosures regarding the content of this program follow. Commerce Trust is a division of Commerce Bank. Generally, non-depository investments offered in connection with Commerce Trust and its affiliates are not guaranteed, are not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Opinions and other information provided are effective as of the date of the recording and presented for the purpose of general education, information, or illustration only. Neither Commerce nor any of its affiliates, officers, employees, or agents have made any recommendations to buy, hold, or sell securities or given any advice as to the terms, beneficial interests, or profitability of any investment strategy or market activity and information provided may not be relied upon as such. You, as the investor, are fully responsible for any investment transaction you choose to enter into, including determining whether such investment is appropriate in light of your investment objectives and personal circumstance, and you shall not have relied on any of the preceding or following information from Commerce as the basis for any investment decision. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified attorney, tax advisor, or investment professional. In considering whether to trade or invest, you should inform yourself and be aware of the risks. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, and the information in the commentary provided is subject to change based on market or other conditions. Diversification does not guarantee a profit or protect against all risk. Commerce Trust does not offer tax, legal, or specific estate planning advice. And while we may provide information or express general opinions from time to time, such information or opinions are not offered as professional tax or legal advice. Commerce Trust does not provide advice relating to rolling over retirement accounts. Commerce Trust is not a municipal advisor under Section 15B of the Securities Exchange Act and therefore does not offer advice or recommendations concerning bond proceeds or other municipal advice subject to this section. Any data contained herein from third-party providers is obtained from what are considered reliable sources. However, its accuracy, completeness, or reliability cannot be guaranteed.